0: Alrighty, so uh, Bombers review coming up here. I uh, just wanted to make a quick word make sure you get around Creed1870.com agreed Creed1870.com slash merch is where you can get our stubby holder stickers, pins, all that stuff that we've got there at the moment. And there's more coming um, in the next couple of months as we roll into getting some more merch going for our mighty Port Adelaide Football Club. Um, so get around that if you um, would love the people that have already got around it and give us uh, their wonderful words about how they, much they're enjoying it. Um, but yeah, get around that. Uh, but until then, Bombers preview coming up. Um, apologies if I'm a little bit rambly at times, it's late here, but um, it's good, good little preview and uh, summation of my thoughts of the win over the Bombers. Um, yeah, we're about to get into it. Let's go! the season after another big, strong win against the Essendon Bombers this weekend. Uh, This weekend just gone. Everyone, uh, well, most of our first time at the footy uh, this year, unless you were lucky enough to be um, over in Melbourne for the Kangaroos match. But yeah, a lot of us, um, especially at Adelaide Oval, obviously um, a happy return for many, um, especially with the uh, crowd um, increase for this season. Thus far, um, yeah, funny, funny old situation happening up in Brisbane and everything at the moment, which is showing why we have to be really thankful of what the chance we get when we get it at the moment um, with this. Still, things are quite precarious as we've discovered, but um, yeah, a big increase to the crowd this year compared to what we had last year, and um, a lot of people um, happy to be back for the first time, some for the first time since 2019, including the better half of the Creed. Uh, She was very happy to be back there, and then a few others that um, weren't lucky enough to get there last year with the... Balloting system and all that that we had in place then, um, yeah, very happy return a beautiful day, almost too beautiful. Uh, my pale pasty complexion didn't handle the sun incredibly well because I wasn't really expecting it. When we were driving down to, we we're driving down the Salisbury Highway on I way down, um, we had to stop off um, family matters, um, family member in hospital, which is um, a little bit rough. But um, yeah, made the, made the footy um, that much more appreciative of the experience, um, being able to have that break, and that's why footy is so important to us when we. Um, um, can have that to help us um, balance the, uh, the you know some of the you know unfortunate things that happen in life sometimes, and I was really appreciative of footy on Saturday for that reason, among many other reasons, just that I love it. But yeah, driving down the Salisbury Highway after um, hitting the Lyle McEwen earlier in the morning, and it was pouring with rain, and we got to the Jepps Cross, you and know, kind of driving past the Mainline Drive in there, and just absolutely pissing it down, and um, windscreen wipers are working. You know, working harder than Zach Butters in the midfield was, and um, yeah, you know, nothing, nothing could actually be working that much hard that that hard, but um, almost as hard as Zach Butters did on Saturday, and uh, yeah, windscreen wipers are flying, and and a wind, rains pouring, and cars are you know some there was a car that I like was breaking in front of me, and it's just a little bit didn't seem like they knew how to handle the wet weather, and it was just you know just one of those days. I was thinking, bloody hell, we're gonna have to wear our jackets to the game, and then. By the time we got to our accommodations for the weekend, which are on North Terrace there, and um, kind of the sun was poking its head out, and uh, Dre and I were like, wait, do we take our jackets with us, or do we? And then we were like, okay, we're going to go to the casino for a beer first, so we'll just, you know, dress casual for that, and then we'll go back to our accommodation and work out what we're getting after that. And then by the time we have a beer at the casino, uh, which started started the Crows game was on there, whatever, Um, just enjoying a beer. It was quite quiet there at the time. And then, um, yeah, get out, and it's just, it's just hot. It was really hot and I couldn't believe it. And I didn't really think about the fact that I should probably, you know, just sunscreen and footy are two things I never think of together, even though I'm like, you know, I'm someone who gets sunburned a lot. If I don't do the right thing, I'm pretty good at like making sure I'm right. But, you know, you know, cricket and sunscreen, that makes sense. Footy and sunscreen, just not something I usually think about. So, um, sitting out there in Bay 140 um, with... My hair back, um, yeah, forehead just a slight, slight pink complexion by the end of the day. So yeah. But it was a beautiful day to kind of get out and um really just soak up the sunshine as we get this last little hit of summer really this these last week and going into Easter weekend it's looking like it will be that too. And um, you know, really just kinda of felt like a a lovely day out kind of day for Footy because I think um and you know, getting to the game now. You know, I think we're all pretty confident that um, the bombers. Um, well, whether whether we were, I wasn't honestly sure. Um, I well, I was I was I was very confident that there would be a win on the board. I wasn't exactly sure um, of, on my thoughts on the bombers um, after their performance the weekend before. It's hard to really draw any um, um, conclusions from that because it's like one our Hawthorne. Um, what if Hawthorne got for the rest of the season and they put up a decent fight at times against Richmond this weekend, I guess, without actually looking like they'd ever get the result. So, um, you know, you have that now, but, you know, back before the week, we just had that that crazy game where, and, you know, I went back and um, before I was going to do a Essendon preview and then again, Family Matters um, popped up last week, which prevented my ability to do so. But I was watching, I did like the KO minis of, you know, the Hawthorne-Essendon game. I was like, I don't know what to fucking draw from that. And then I watched like some uh, minis of their um, preseason games, and again I was just like, oh, I, I just don't know, because then Geelong are, um, had a really weird start to this, their season too. So I don't know what to draw from any of this, and I wasn't exactly sure where to where to put Essendon, but I knew um, kind of going into the game knowing what Port's um, Port's potency um, all over the field, really, and um, as well as Essendon just not looking like a like a cohesive side um, I was pretty confident in Port's ability to get the win but I wasn't exactly sure where where I was thinking they could like end up margin wise um, so you know going to the game was it was kind of like a celebratory atmosphere in that sense that we all knew that the job was going to get done one way or another um, you know uh, barring some kind of thing there's always chance of like you get you know imagine it, you know just a crazy game with injuries or whatever which is what ended up having an essence. and again knock on wood which I said I've done going to do a lot in this podcast over the years because um, I'm very superstitious in that sense. But um, I don't want to jinx anything. But, you know, beyond that, we were going to be in, in for a comfortable day, it seemed. And everyone was just happy to be there and get around the footy and get be, just be there and in beautiful weather and just kind of celebrate the start of the season. Because we know there are going to be tougher days to come. So it was like everyone was just there to enjoy it and just, you know, just get back into the groove, go into the game get back to get used to the new the new normal in quotations with you know wearing masks in and out and um, when you're wandering around which um even myself at one point is uh, it was in my pocket I just absent mindedly got up to go take a piss Um security bloke or whatever um, Adelaide Oval member uh, staff member came up and just politely said hi oh, just remember and he, I said oh yeah sorry mate and you know he was really nice about it but you know all that stuff aside it was just um really great atmosphere there and um never terrace part was um you know really good and, and like great to hear and got the spine tingling and um it's really cool how um the club have worked out and they've been doing this more and more the last couple of years like to to drop the sound of the song and let the crowd carry it for those last few last few lines um and it was really really evident on the weekend um and i, I love that and, and it's something i knew when they started doing it a few years ago i was like they'll start drawing they'll start once the crowd gets into this and picks it up and it becomes the tradition it has, which is wonderful. Um, that's what they're going to do. And it was just wonderful to hear it again and just notice that really strongly on the weekend, how soon they're now dropping that sound, and letting the crowd carry it for those last few lines. It's really, um, evident and it's just, it's just the crowd. And um, when they time, it was just right, you know, right before that siren hits and just, they really geez it, geez it up. And, um, yeah, it was a really good one for, um, Ratio and Elia to experience that for the first time as port players, and that was a, a solid solid one to get them off on the board. Um, so, yeah, just a really nice celebratory atmosphere getting across to the game. I was I really, really got around the day. It was wonderful. By the way, when I say got around the day, um, probably got around it a little bit too well. Um, probably... <laughs> um, I... Again, I mentioned that there's... Um, I don't want to delve into it too much, but the family member and hospital and all that. And it was just a a little bit of a weird mood that day for me, um, personally, but, and I, it doesn't take much for me to just get, you know, I, I enjoy my beers and it's not like, um, you know, um, and I've, it's been something that I've been doing better at is like just, you know, keeping the beer drinking to, you know, celebratory events and whatnot. And, um, you know, cause that was one of those things about lockdown last year that you got used to the habit of a couple of beers after work. So I had to, done a really good job of breaking that habit. And I went a month and a half last, at the end of last year, right up until Christmas, um, without having any alcohol whatsoever. And it was just one of those things that I've, um, just a habit changing thing I've done going into my thirties to try and, you know, just, you know, you you can get into the habit of having a beer after work very easily. So, um, but when I, when I want to get after it, I do. (laughs) And, um, after the distress of Saturday morning, I was like, once I got to the casino, I was like, no, I'm just going to, just gonna enjoy today and I'm gonna not put put a limit on myself I'm just gonna go and have fun um and what I do when I mean and I'm having fun at the footy is means i when I go and get a beer for myself um I go and get a tray for myself and i and I sip away at that and that's what I did so I had a couple of trays and um between that and the sun um I was really just really vibing with the with the game so with that in mind, I had to. It really took me watching the replay to, because I, I, um, I remember my feelings in the game on the day, but you know, beyond that, the the details of the game weren't exactly clear to me. Um, particularly after halftime, probably. Um, just just one of those days where I just wanted to relax and kick back, have a few beers, enjoy the footy, and in, uh, in, in that sense, and um, not something I do too often, but um, uh, these days, we've well well known for it in the past, but. Um yeah, as something um with doing this, I wanna, you know, obviously be catching as much of the game as possible in first viewing and then watching a replay to kind of build on that. But this week I had to had to watch the replay to really get a firm grasp on what happened in the because I, I wandered over and caught up with some cricket teammates in the last last quarter and I don't even remember we actually watching much of it. I was just sitting there chatting away with them um in there. So um yeah, I had to watch the replay to um catch the full kind of grasp and how the ebb and flow of the game went um and look the thing is i think what i got from the game on saturday um now as i go into the actual review part of it rather than talking about my day of beers um in for the first 10 minutes of the podcast um my thoughts on the game from the day was uh, do actually line up with what i came out with after watching the replay as well and um look i'll get into it now i'll explain my point um i kind of just have a little break here and get my points to see. so on the day I, rec- I i was watching that first quarter sitting in the seats with the sun bearing down on me and the and the and the beers flowing incredibly well and i remember thinking about once that fifth goal bounced through um i was like this game's won and I remember just sitting there that was the point in my day that I sat there and switched off from invested in a contest rather than just invested and then switched to being just invested in what is what is the end end goal of today as far as ports way of managing their way through the game and then I watched the replay and I'm like i am kind of watching for that moment because I was kind of in my head remembering we were about five goals up and I just remember sitting in the thing there's no way um unless things go catastrophically wrong again injuries all the things that can go wrong that would change that mindset but in my head I was like if you know injuries aren't an issue today if we we are just so much better than this team that we're in our five goals up there's no way we can lose this we will maybe we'll take the pedal the, you know the pedal off the metal and um and kind of manage our way through it which we did um we ebbed and flowed once it got through to that and it was probably about halfway through the second quarter as well but it was that night, and i the one thing I did note when I was watching the replay, um, I noted at the point when the clock stopped um, after that fifth goal, which was the Latim's one, which he kind of crumbed and snapped from, what, 35 out in a slight angle. Um, and uh, it was about 9 minutes 40 on the clock when the stop clock the clock stopped after that goal went through, and I just thought, this is a, this is unreal that this... We are that good. That nine minutes forty to go um, of play in in the first quarter. So just just over halfway through the first quarter, um, this game's won, and that was kind of a moment. I just sat there and thought, "Fuck, this team's good," and um, we are incredibly lucky to be watching this team. But um, yeah, and it will be. And I'll get into the previews preview of West Coast later this week, um, and you know our first real tests are coming. But um, it, it is part of what hap- part of what you've got to do as a good team is when you're um vastly superior to another team as far as your skills on the day. You know, Essendon might grow into the season and get better, but at this moment in time, um, they're just not confident enough. Um, you know, structure. It, it's a structural thing. It's kind of like um, you know, a a car tuned to its exact, you know, the the exact um qualities it needs to be to be the you know like you know lewis hamilton's mercedes versus um nicholas latifi's williams you know there's they're two vast you know they're both formula one cars but they're both vastly different machines based on what that people are both the operators on it on them of them you know being the lewis hamilton or port adelaide's team versus um you know and and the mercedes team around them coaches and all that, that they're making everything work and the board and everything. So that's where it's kind of like you you're, they're both cars and both teams in the same league, um, but they're both producing vastly different results based on just where they're at. And um, and that's what it was like, what's important on the weekend. It was just like they, they shot out of the blocks, kind of like Lewis Hamilton on pole and just immediately built like a 30-second lead. And it was like... And you knew we just at that point it was like kind of watching an F one race. I don't know where the F one thing. Maybe it's just because I know the race. But, you know, the season started again, and I'm excited to start watching some racing again um, as another one of my enjoy uh, just um, hobbies. Um, but it was you knew that, and you know, watching Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton over the last few years again. If anyone, I apologize to anyone listening who doesn't watch F one, but uh, maybe be aware of it enough to know that ha- Hamilton's just won what, five, six championships in a row and. Uh, sorry, no, he's won three or four in a row. He, um, uh, um, I'm just blanking on um, his teammate that came in, the Mercedes, the bloke that uh, came in and um, won the championship and retired. Um his old man race too. I'm blanking on the name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Hamilton's has been dominated the sport for years now and um, unless something goes catastrophically wrong, he, always, he if he gets a lead like that, he's just not going to lose. Things have to happen, you know, safety cars and all that stuff. But, He's just that good that once he gets a lead like that, it's just like he'll manage his way through the rest of the race. He's incredible at managing tires, managing the car. Um, he can get a limper car across the line that others others would have long lost the tires on. And that's what Port seemed to get to at that nine minute forty mark. It was like they've got that thirty second lead. It was a thirty one point thirty one point lead, thirty second lead, either or. Um, and they were just I at that point. It's just like no, they're gonna they're gonna no matter what happens in this game. Okay, keep on. saying race now. I've gotten that too much in my head. Um, this is what happens when you record at you know, a quarter past eleven at night. Um, <laughs> you run off on tangents, but that's sometimes why I like to record at this time of night because my brain just kind of flows a little bit more. Um, yeah, the 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 game was just one, and it, it was interesting to watch. Um, and that was what kind of my where my brain ticked over to at that point was like, okay, let's see where this team is going to go, and um, it was um interesting to watch that it seemed like the first two quarters of the game, um, so we got out to then Essendon got a goal and we got it, it was like six goals to one at halftime, uh quarter time and then we got out to a point where we we're about ten goals to two, um, a bit over halfway through the second quarter and then Essendon then kicked back into it again. But it was just like you it just it seemed like it was just a moment. It was just our team has just still fine fine tuning those little parts of the, every quarter where they're just working at how the ebb and flow The rotations are working as far as managing the game at those times, but and some I think it was uh, there was a few people in commentators I was watching the game. They're like, oh, you know, Port could be fifteen goals up at this point, but they're not. And but we're seeing um, this year that when teams are flying ahead, that there is still because of the way the rule changes have worked, um, there is still going to be chances for teams, um, you know, that are being beaten comfortably on the counter to to move the ball quickly because the way it's working is, by, you know, you, we are moving the ball incredibly quickly and and are really taking advantage of these rule changes. But it's also going to happen that other teams, when you're just running through those rotations and maybe you're trying to rest, um, you know, we're going to be resting midfielders up forward more and uh, and players are going to... There's going to be a little bit of fatigue at the end of... Particularly end of quarters and then even more particularly at the end of the first half. And again, compounded at the end of the second half as well. Um, we are going to see... Um, just some of those little uh, moments where a a vastly insuperior team like us and then we're able to work the ball over the back and get a a mark and a goal. Um, We're going to have to watch those things in the closer games against um, better opposition in the West Coast. Again, we're a really good test this week, but um, I can't say I'm too bothered by that stuff at this stage because we've seen um, the other teams... You know Brisbane and Geelong, um, who are the the four teams that were picked to be at the top of the table um, this year preseason. Um, you know Brisbane are on two. Um, I'll get into the, that. I'm um, faring um, call on another podcast, but um, you know Geelong uh, catastrophic loss in the first round um, and snuck over the line and possibly should they possibly should be on two. Uh, so they haven't had an easy easy run of it in either game. And then Richmond haven't had a dominating win either. They've looked but I mean, the thing with Richmond is they look very comfortable. Um, they look both of the Richmond's games, um you know there's that period against Carlton where the Carlton looked like they'd be coming back into it, but Richmond um look like they're confident in a in a way that Port Adelaide also do in their structures structures and their abilities to run out the run out the game. So that's but there's still opposition of getting scores on them. And that's just the way these rule changes have, have worked is that, you know, it's kind of like basketball is you, you, you're going to have, going to go back, back each way and have shots. But one team is just going to be more confident in their structures and abilities to get better opportunities and shots. And, and that's what Port are doing is like, they're just so good at moving the ball inside the 15. and have so many potent weapons. Um, they can, they, they're going to just generate more scores. And, um, particularly the movement from the defensive half which um they've, they've highlighted in a couple of um uh, shows um just how much more I think 8 of our first 11 goals were generated from the defensive half this week um and it, the same thing I think 10 of the goals against the kangaroos last week were done that way as well so it's um the rule changes have just changed footy so much this year surprisingly and um I can't can't say I'm hearing too many People really um, criticize it now that it's, um, we've had a couple of weeks in as well. Um, maybe that's because we're forward <laughs> playing so bloody well and um, and it's really working for us. Um, you know, the only ones fifty aside last week against Kangaroos. Again, that's more of an interpretation of the rule thing rather than the rule itself being an issue. Um, so that's just something that's going to happen as we're moving forward. But geez, we're dangerous. Geez, we move the ball quickly and. Um, and it's just bloody a bloody joy to watch, and um and uh, yeah, I can't say I'm too worried about the, you know, it it will be it will become an issue later in the year if we're having get closer games and we are having those lapses at the end of quarters. But I think that's just actually going to be something that all teams are going to be dealing with, with the reduced rotations, with the extra time in the quarters back in this year as well. So there's a couple of things we're working with, and then just the fact that the way the rules have changed, it's just there is going to be there's a little bit more space and it's more man on man and and all that stuff. But you know, when you've won the first two games by um. You know, 106 combined points, and um, the, the kicking um, you know, into the high teens, close to 20 goals a game. Um, you're getting closer to those scores of the um, late 90s, early 2000s. So, um, you know, if you're kicking those scores, you really can't complain. No one else has kicked a better ha- and has a better percentage than us at this point. So it means that um, yeah, opposition is a part of that, but we're still um, kicking the scores to win the games comfortably. Um, more so than any other team has this year, um, this year so far. So we can't complain too much, and um, I'm really happy with just how we are, have managed the ga- managed the games and, and managed this game really, really well. I think um, you know, considering that um, I don't think we got out of s- maybe got into third gear for a little while in that first quarter and second quarter. Beyond that, we really didn't. Um, we didn't really <laughs> move through the gears too much. And I think that's a particular quality that Port has at the moment is um, an understanding of um, where you need to be. And I don't think the team—they would say it publicly—that um, you know we we were just trying to cruise through the game. But that's that's something that I think internally teams do do is that you do understand where you can where you can um, manage your team and players and uh, and try to work through a game and and you know understand once a game is won where to you know, where to lay off a little bit. And it's not to say they're laying off tackles or laying off anything because the games can turn very quickly, but it's more um, just game management in the sense of, you know, you're not going to throw your, you know, you're not going to throw your head over the ball and risk a, you know, risk a boot in the face when you're you're 10 goals up and, you know, five minutes to go. Those things, and players, I've seen Robbie Gray do that, um, lay some tremendous hits and tackles, but I think it's just more um, from a game management point of view, as far as rotations and and where you, things that um, we understand what gears we can move through and and we move through them comfortably. Whereas you have a team like Essendon who, um, you know, we know that third gear is enough to get get through the game. Um, whereas te- and team like Essendon is redlining, um, you know, crunching gears and can't even and the gearbox is faulty and all that kind of stuff. And that's that's where the difference is, is that they don't know exactly what they're working with, so they're crunching through gears and trying to figure it out, whereas we are very comfortable, and so we can move through the gears comfortably without um, having to uh, worry too much um, about, you know, changing, ad- the change being adversely affecting on-, on the overall result because we know we can move through to this gear, um, get the, you know, in the first quarter, you know, get five goals up halfway through the first quarter, so that's, you know, that's third, almost fourth gear maybe, and then we can drop back down a second and just cruise through and and still and know that we're going to be kicking goals and maintaining the score and increasing it at times because we not with are that smooth in second gear that doesn't need to be up. Whereas you know you've got Essendon who are um, redlining and unsure of where they're going and that's just a massive difference in and just where the sides are at and uh, such a again a testament to our coaching and and the team and and the quality of quality of the side we've got. And the improvement in a lot of the players we've got. And um that's where we'll get to next in the pod, is just, just how many of these players that are just so many players on our side, um, both new and old that are just really hitting heights that um, you know, maybe a few years ago we weren't sure these guys would be around and they're just they're just incredible players now. You know, Dan Houston's a big one, I think, from this week. Um, beyond um Zach But well, actually we'll start with Butters because he's best on ground um for me and I think for everyone else. <laughs> I don't think that's too much of a surprise. Um, you know, thirty six touches um, in the midfield there, and and just um, incredible um, how where this kid's ceiling is going to be because you, once you start starting to get thirty six touches in a game in a side that contains the likes of you know Ollie Wines and Travis spoke and the, and the premium kind of side we have when you're when you're. Um, getting that kind of recognition in that side, it's unreal. And he's finally getting some of that wider recognition because I think it's amazing how under the radar he is for a lot of the wider AFL community still. Um, I was reading a Fox 40 article yesterday um, as I was just working through some of the news of the week and all that. And someone, one of them wrote, said, oh, he's, he's less flashy than Dersmer and Rosie. And I was just like, have you guys watched this kid? Because I think um, if, if you, as poor fans, we've watched him, you know, have some incredibly flashy moments, um, whether it be—I mean, I compared him to Wanganin on the podcast before the season, like just in his in his insane ability to move the way he moves his body, and and you know, he volley that volley goal against the Crows last year, and the quickness of hands, um, you know, in in that um, goal against Hawthorne last year as well, just his—he's he, he's incredibly quick and flashy to me. Um, so it's surprising to me, but again, that's just a, a, a testament to kind of. How under the radar he's flown, but I think this this week was kind of that that performance that might um, start getting the rest of the AFL w- world watching, and not to say the AFL itself because you know he was in the forty man All Australian squad last year, so he's had that recognition already. And I think um, I think if he continues, um, if he doesn't get injured this year, and um, knock on wood again, um, he will be an All Australian this year. There's no doubt about it. I think the fact that he was in the forty man squad last year and the fact that he seems to have taken another step with his game again i think i said last week he's got a there's a st- steeliness and a matured maturity to his both his the way he's um presenting himself on the field um and and in his play and his, his demeanor he just seems to have the steeliness to him that he's also like yeah i'm on a mission now um i've he he believes he is one of the best players in the league now i think he knows it and it's not but it's not with a it's not a hubris way of of, of being he's just he's just understanding that he has he's believes in himself and and his abilities and the fact that he can be a key cog in the premiership side and you see that in him and and i think that's going to go bode incredibly well for us this year um as a team and it's going to bode incredibly well for him as an individual player that he's going to be recognized i think this year as um as one of the elite by the end of the year as one of these elite players in the league um not by, just by us but by a lot of other people Mitch Georgiades. geez we're we're um where the tool timber um that we have suddenly <laughs> and the, suddenly the you know last last year we were um you know it was um Charlie Dixon on bust and that was the um popular media line and you know Marshall was getting um some criticism last year for it and he was in and out a bit and um George Yates did come in and kick a couple of little little mini bags last year but still couldn't quite break in and um but this year with the I don't it's between the between the rule changes and I guess you know Charlie had a good week this week and we'll get I'll get to that in a moment but um, Georgiati's definitely stuck his hand up this week and um for me, I think he I think he deserves to stay in the side. I, I think, you know, Todd um I love Todd Marshall. I think he's still got a great future at Port Adelaide and um we're definitely there's definitely a place for him. But I just think at the moment with the um this the way this team is um going and it's all just the way they've gone this week. Um I can't imagine I just I think Giorgiati's took the opportunity with both hand you know, both hands and um a few times with both hands and, and kicked four great goals and, and at a particular time. And I've talked about this before and I guess I've touched on it before and didn't quite get into it. Um but I talked about last week in the Kangaroos review about the time of the game that you stand up and make you know, like Boak stood up in that in that period of the second quarter last week against Kangaroos and, and a lot of his a lot of his touches came in that period of time when the game was won. And Georgiades, you know, two of his four uh, four goals were in those the, the first five goals of the game, I believe, um, and he, so he stood up in that moment where the game was still to be won. And I said that I think the game was won by the time we had that fifth goal roll through. So in that time that the game was there to be won, you know, Georgiades has kicked a couple, and um, and s- presented well, uh, presented strongly, a little bit of swagger as well. I like it. he's got a bit of a celebration, you know, the tongue out, running running around. Um, he's got a touch more bulk on him, I think, this year, and he's still an incredibly young man. Um, and he's just the way I just think that there's no way I don't think it would be right to drop him this week, um, particularly as um, Marshall hadn't hasn't had a performance like that for a while. Um, and I think Giorgiati's, um he's a his athleticism and the swagger he's got, he looks. There's a little bit more freedom in his play, I think, than what Marshall has at the moment. Um, and it's and they're two different players as well, in a sense. Um, so it's it's going to be finding how we work with having Marshall, um, Georgiades, and Charlie around in the squad and see if there's a way. To, because I don't think we can't drop Laddams at the moment either, especially going over to West Coast. I think we're really going to need um, both the two Ruckman in there. Um, So I think this week is going to be a week that um, it's going to be tough at the selection table and I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue too much either way, but I think Georgiades deserves to stay in because um, yeah, just the way that he, he worked out there and, um, and just the the great kick as well. I think he's got a really good kick um, and he's very, very reliable and um, yeah, I like the little bit of swagger from him that he's got at the moment. He's got a real real kind of um freedom in his in his play and that swagger and and I think that's uh something that we need at the moment. Um yeah I think you've got to go with the it's kind of a hot hand kind of thing. Um and you've got to roll with roll with Georgiades at the moment. because um, uh between him and Charlie eight goals this week. Um yeah, can't you can't argue with that. Charlie, four goals this week. Um could have been six or seven. <laughs> I said I think I think I tweeted I said somewhere between my eighth and ninth beer I said um if Charlie kicks five we'll throw the Charlie King Charlie stubby holders which you can get at the creation70.com/merch get around them they're really great I've took a few photo I'm taking mine with me to the games um because they, they're made of that like um uh, sweat, you know kind of wetsuit material that like um that sublimated the really good quality they stretch to you know your pint. They're really um, malleable to whatever you, whatever drinking device you're using, So whether it's plastic plastic cup at Adelaide Oval or or pint glass of pirate life at um, the district of Sky City, um, or you know, obviously a can as well. Um, they do. You can pretty much um, pop whatever you want into one of those stubby holders. So use that at the game. Um, so King Charlie was down there watching, drinking, and watching um, actual King Charlie do his work. So I said, um, <laughs> I think after his. Third goal and we were still had over half, half a game to go. I was like, yeah, if he kicks five, we'll uh, we'll uh, put the stubby holders up at half price. And he teased us. He teased us real well, but ended up with four. So <laughs> um, that's just Charlie. I think at this point, um, being you know he's 30, 30, 30 years old. I think um, we're not gonna. He's gonna. Hopefully, he doesn't have a moment where it's it happens in a big game again. Knock on wood. Um, but you know the way he's presenting and leading. Um, and you can see just like a lot of other forwards in the comp, the um, r- the rule change tweak has really helped open up the space for a big forward like Charlie, especially with these his reliable mitts being able to lead into space. Um there's a couple of really great um, you know, that Dan Houston uh, dime, like that was just like, you know, those Steph Curry touch passes where you just you just you just leave it. It's so perfect, the weight on the ball. The placement of it um, led right in front, and Charlie just didn't have anything much to do apart from just, you know, casually strolling that space, leave his defender in dust, and take a mark and and kick a goal. Um, so that was just, you know, that's the kind of stuff that Charlie's going to have more opportunity with this year, particularly with um, how much better our forward line is and and the and the more weapons that we've got there is. is is also helping, um, you know, the defend defenders have a lot more to w- um, worry about this year than they did even last year. It's not that we were that bad last year, obviously. So, um, yeah, really, you know, I'm hoping there's a bag. You know, he's got six um, already this season, um, which uh, is, an, is just an average score, I guess, with some of the other forwards getting around. But um, I think he's got a, a few more bags. He's going to have a few bags this year, and it could have been this. essence, he should have had probably six, um, but you know, if he's can- this is the other good thing though. And now I've talked about Georgios and Charlie. Um, we had nine different goal scorers, I think, on the weekend or uh, around that. Um, the fact that Charlie can kick four and we, as a team, still kick 18, um, you know, he's kicked, you know, less than a quarter of our goals in the game. Um, whereas you got, like, um, you know, Tex, um, and credits to Tex over at, over at the other mob. Um, he's had a really great start to his season. It's a testament to what a good preseason as, a, as an older fella can do. Um but Tex kicked, you know, he's kicked back a six on the weekend. and They still struggled. They they didn't get the win, and he's kicked four the week, um, five the week before, and and have just uh, got over the line in the middle. of the surprise result, but it's just like he's got eleven for the season, and the Crows are still so. There is a there is a part of it that is actually the the fact that char the weight of Charlie's shoulders so is is off this this year with the the dangerous forward line we've got, um, is it is great for us, and and we don't want Charlie needing to have to kick, <laughs> um. Bags of six, seven, eight um, to get us across the line. Now, there will be games where we're going to need him to really stand up, and that'll come, and we'll see what happens then. But, um, you know, it, it is important that our forward line is diverse in the sense that it is, and especially if we've got a guy like Georgiades, or if it's Marshall again, if he comes back in, to be able to pop up and, and equal his scoring output where it'll be three or four, or if, you know, Charlie kicks six and the other, the other big kicks four, and then. Um, you know, or if it's a you know Gary Ablett, Billy Brownless partnership, whereas nine, nine and two, that would be nice too. I'd love to see one of our forwards kick nine, um, get the record, but um, the AFL a record that is. Um, so you know, while I, it, it would be nice to see Charlie kick that bag of six or seven this week, because I think it was on early. Um, you know, he'll have his chances this year, and I'm, I'm damn sure he'll get one. But um, it's important that we actually don't have to rely on that, and that is that is really wonderful to see that. You know, you can have a chuckle and go, oh, Charlie didn't get the five in the end, but, you know, we kicked 18 anyway. Who gives a fuck? You know, that's that's really, really important. Um, also, one more thing, the hands. Um, there was this lovely pick-up towards the end of the game, I think whether it was the end of the third quarter or early in the fourth, where um, it was when Scotty Lysak took that one-handed mark on the boundary and kind of wheeled around and snapped a nice goal. Um, the pick-up from Charlie, because Charlie kind of you know, dove at a mark and, and it spilled, but he quickly got up and... um and uh, and he just reached to the ball, and he's like, as he's moving off the ground, it's just one hand pickup, and it's just like, oh, it's like a giant grabbing an egg um, the other way, but cradling it softly so you don't break the egg because that's how it's just so smooth in the pickup, and he's able to quick get a quick hand handball off to uh, Ollie Wines, I think, who was able to um, lay lay a good pass out to Scotty on the boundary there, who was able to finish very nicely for another goal, and and again, it's great for Scotty to be able to get a rest up forward with Adams. Um, working, working well in the ruck, and um, and Scotty obviously um, is no slouch kicking goals. So um, and he does. So he doesn't like to have to run too much. So he, he doesn't mind. I think sitting up forward for a goal here and there. Um, ah, those are hands, and we've seen it in the socials. Um, Port Adelaide often post and and Corn, Chad Corns and Charlie will repost the the drill that they do before the game, which I'm always fascinated by because it's just incredible to watch which um, Chad Corn's just throwing, throwing footies at Charlie and he's just grabbing him out of the air with one hand, one hand, one hand, just repeatedly. Um, it's incredible if you get get the chance to see that footage. I think it's often important to Adelaide stories on game days. Just watch through his stories and you'll see it at some point, I'm sure. Um, you know, and I think it's really important that Charlie's kind of, he's worked at that skill of being able to really hand, like utilize, you know, he he's a big, big bloke, big forward and has obviously got big... Hands that can kind of have that that handling ability with the ball, and he's worked at that. And the and it was really just one of those small one percent moments that you don't really. It was only just watching the game back that I was just like, he yeah, just scooped that up, just like it's just you know cradled it out off the ground with one hand, but it's it's stuck to him like he's wearing a uh, like a velcro glove. Um, he's ripped it out, ripped it off the ground, and just being able to flick the handball off, and I was just like, man, that is another facet of Charlie's game that's really improved the last couple of years is, is um you know, his hand his hand skill and you know, crumbing skills and skills at the ground level. Um, you know, it's just um his dedication to kind of all those little parts of the game that can round out his game as a as the forward that we need has um, been really impressive. So it was just one of those little moments that I noticed. I was like, geez, we're lucky to have him in the in the form he's in and um and you know, in the mindset he's in and, and and in a lot better headspace as I think I mentioned last week that article that came out. Um yeah, just really lucky to have him at this point um and playing the kind of footy years and able to not have to rely on him quite as much as um, we have the last year or two um you know again the Charlie Dixon or bus stuff um doesn't seem to be an issue at the moment and then we're all the better for it because um, Charlie will Charlie will still kick bags but we don't we don't we'll have plenty of others kicking goals too at the moment um yeah also probably my favorite goal of the day was the first one that Charlie's first one and our first one of the day within 30 seconds um yeah I'll play it back now but it doesn't look like no. that. Peter Wright straight into the ruck. Check oh, got the tap down, Burn Jones and Butters, and here's Fantasia straight away. Probing ball, Dixon can't get on the. Oh yes he can. Oh yes he can. So it didn't take long for Big Charlie. You know that's just um such a great just goal and just a, a really great exemplification of where we're at at the moment, as far as um, the elite skills that we have in our team, the elite ball movies we have in our team um, from, you know, the middle to the, you know, cause I think it's um Burn Jones to, um to Butters, to Fantasia out of the middle, um, you know, Horatio <laughs> gets it, you know, it's um Burn Jones kind of gets the ball out to Butters and Butters flicks one quickly off to Fantasia and Fantasia's speed, bloody hell, he takes that ball and he's just quickness. He's, he's quick off the line and he, and he gets forward and gets that ball, just going straight forward. And you got Laddams, and Laddams kind of locked up with his defender. I can't, re- I can't remember who he was on. And Charlie's kind of coming, actually coming back from, you know, running towards goal. And he, you know, it's a situation you think you know, you'd have Laddams, you know, Laddams in a marking contest, and maybe someone like Fantasia actually running onto the ball. But you know, Fantasia's the one that's lacing it out from midfield. And um and it goes like, you know, Laddams, they're in the marking contest, but actually goes a bit a bit over the top and, you know, Charlie just runs onto it and, um you, you know, just crumbs a goal. And it's you know, it's kind of situation that you look at and go, geez, the, the forward line has just got that much more potent and, you know, opposition defences must be going, wait, we've got to deal with Laddams in a marking contest and then Charlie being the guy that's going to crumb the ball? Like, I mean, imagine trying to stop Charlie at that pace that he's running back at towards goal at. um you know getting in his way not many people are going to want to do that so um just another example of just how crazy um improved this entire squad is but the fact that we can have that kind of dynamic in the forward line as well um and just the the quickness of movement um from the from midfield from that um stoppage because it was you know there's ball up then there was another stoppage and then just and, and it's out and it's a goal and then uh, pretty quickly i think we were um it was the next, and then the next next goal as well was not, you know, I think that first one's just my favorite of the day because it kind of set the momentum straight away and set the set the tone. Um, but then that next one, where again it's like the ball comes in quickly and um, Charlie's leading again towards the ball, and just the space that's opened up in the forward lines with this the, the kind of rule changes and the fact that Charlie, but Charlie's leading into that space and Butters was just able to float in front and take the mark and. And Charlie recognised that at the last second and kind of pulled up his lead a little bit and was able to just open up that space. So Butters was able to take the mark, essentially uncontested, um, because Charlie, kind of the defenders, was behind Charlie. So, you know, just, just an incredible start to the game and that really set the tone. But that first goal was just um, just a wonderful little, you know, the movement out of the midfield was just lightning quick. And then um, the fact that it was... Charlie crumbing off a crumbing off a um, kind of contest um, and tie up of his defender was just um, just another another little example of you know L- you know Laddams improvement into being such a key component in the squad from um, you know last year into this year and um, yeah just Charlie's um, the way Charlie's feeding a little bit more off of off the other forwards as well is um, really good to see and you know two weeks in they've kind of got had these couple of games to really get an idea of where everyone's fitting in and now it's just perfect timing to be going to West Coast now to really Kind of put this all together. All right, a couple more. Um, Lira Lira just incredible. Um, how good a pickup he's been. I said last week there was a couple like he was he was good last week. There was a couple of moments where he just um he was outmuscled in a couple of contests, but he seemed to really um really take another step up this week um against Essen. Just like incredible the way. He, his intercept marking and and his ability, um, even just deep in the deep in the back line, um, as the last line of defence, um, he outmuscled in a couple of situations where, um, you know, in the past we've seen our, our defenders get just get um, outmarked and outmuscled, but he was not taken having a bar of it, and um, even a couple of times when the ball was coming in, in field, um, in back into the corridor, um, as we were resetting, from the wing, and it was and it was a a leer, like his ability to um float forward, um, and and. You know, and a lot of our defenders do this and it's the way we're playing, but it's just um the diversity in his play, um, as far as being able to just do everything, um, and his and his athleticism and his height and his imposing nature on the game, um, is just you can see how it's taken our defence to another level this year. Um, in our both the ability to um make it hard in opposition forwards and opposition attacks to and uh, to get generate um high high percentage opportunities but as well as um be a part of that kind of high high line kind of defense we're playing um and you know can look at it as a high press kind of like liverpool um have un, you know a, a, a gagan press of, of sorts um in the way that we're uh you know pressing and um making sure we get turn the ball back into our possession and um and and move it forward and, and be and have the defenders be a part of that movement forward um but then um quickly get back if need be and um Aaliyah is just he's just he he had a really good game this week. Um, um, I think we put up um, <laughs> make, uh, making making uh, a meme about him and the ever given situation in the Suez Canal. Um, and I think there was a, there was a few of those around actually, and I uh, enjoyed them all. So um, yeah, it's just such a great pickup, and yeah, I was really um, you know. He's hit the pickup of him um is gonna be as important to a flag charge as the pick pickup really I know the Eratio one wanted to get the one getting all the headlines and Aliya became available and and was a decently big headline recruit as well but honestly um he is just as important as Eratiio to this team moving forward um as far as that improvement on last year's squad um Aaliyah is gonna be a huge huge part of this flag charge, and um, if he stays fit for the rest of the year, knocking wood for the fourth or fifth time this podcast um yeah it's going to be you know these kind of performances uh you know just showing ex- just how important how honestly what a what a crazy move it is that he was available at such a cheap price and um yeah no it's going he's going to be a big test again for a lot of these guys going into west coast this week and um but I'm more than more than confident in the um ability to stand up to that cuz he's just um he's already improved on his week one performance um with a really great um solid home, home debut for us and um you yeah, know he's he's going to be a huge part of the squad for the next couple of years, but particularly this first year as we really um, go to, that, to this, start this chasing greatness campaign. Um, yeah, no, he's he's right in the mix as one of our key, key, key players. Last big mention I want to make is uh, Dan Houston. What a what an incredible, another kind of player that's been around for a few years. And, um, you know, like Carl Amon, um, just really coming into his own the last couple of years and, and proving that sometimes... You know, for every you know Butters and Dursmer and um, and uh, uh, Rosie that come out and can and and hit the ground running and you know are almost an elite player at eighteen nineteen, you got these guys that come in and t- just take a couple of years to develop into the the AFL player that they are now. But they they they're developing into elite players. You know, Carl Amon and both uh, Amon and Houston both had very similar goals this this week where they they kind of wheeled onto their foot and kind of just drove it. You know, kind of hook just a real power punt um kick I, I don't know exactly how to describe it. it was a real drive goal from you know you know 40 50 on a on a um, 40 50 meter kicks um you know on a on a steep angle but just um just power power kicks and houston in particular and I'm, i've mentioned it already with um charlie and how he put that 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 dime kind of steph curry kind of kick and and he's gotten a lot of plaudits for it um this week as far as his his kicking ability and his elite kicking ability and and that that's um that's not unwarranted. He's a, he's an incredible kicking, and an incredible player. And I think, um I was devastated when I could, didn't get him in my um AFL fantasy draft this year. In the, in the draft league. Um, you know, I was I had him and I was about to he was gonna be one of my next picks and then my fucking brother picked him up. Um that's just how and that's he's just an incredible um turned into an incredible player and and, and it's again, um, a testament to um, how Port have quickly moved into this? Um, you know our, our style of play just really suited the the these little rule changes that come in this year, and Houston's just benefiting from that that quickness of play. And we've got so many elite players that can move quickly and, and think quickly as well. This is the this is a key factor in kind of these kind of you know players that are um that are uh, elite players and elite with ball, and uh, but a part of that is the, their ability to think through the game at a at a rate that is elite as well and that's what Houston's doing and, and his decision making is brilliant. Um, you know, great and, you know, disposal efficiency this week was incredible. Um and you yeah, know, he's just um just an just an example of what um the tenacity in sticking with some of these players at a times, you know, when you've um when we've been up and down in the last few years, uh, prior to last year, you know, you were trying to work out where which players could go, which ones could, um, how we could shuffle the deck and and change the squad, and you know, it's, it's guys like Houston, and Amon that stuck out through those ones, and and really turned into elite players, and tr- and shown the trust, um, and repaid the trust that has been placed in them by the coaching staff and Ken and all those blokes, and um, yeah, you know, it is um, really a proud a proud thing as a Port Adelaide fan too to see these guys develop, because you don't want to, you know, um, a part of. You know, falling in love with a squad that could potentially win a flag like this; these lot, these lot have the ability to do is um is having these players that are around for a while and really grow with you as a fan. And um, you know, it's, it's guys like Houston, um, and as Aimon last week that I'm just really proud of as a as a Port Adelaide fan, seeing how they're growing into being just these wonderful elite players and are really key key um, parts of the um Port Adelaide machine at the moment. All right, so that about does it for the um the Creed cast. Bombers review this week. Um being sorry, it was a bit rambling at the start there. I was just kinda getting through the um wanted to talk about it a bit at the day and just how I experienced it. And yeah, it was um obviously some family matters going on in the in the sidelines made it a bit of a different day than I was expecting going into the week. But um you know, that's part of um what footy and the footy family and the Port Adelaide family and um and being part of that this kind of fan base and this this culture is wonderful is that it, it can be an um it is an escape and also a home um, from everything going on. Um, it is a, it's such an integral part of my life, and um, I love that escape that i can um you know you can get and it's another escape from real life Port adelaide and footy is real life too, but it's just it's something that you can find some comfort in and and some camaraderie and and just um take in and just relax and enjoy the game. And luckily, it was a nice relaxing game as we ran out by 54-point 54, 54 winners over the Bombers, so it was not um, wonderful. But, um, yeah, there's some bigger tests to come. Um, certainly, this week against West Coast is going to be the first of those. Um, and our next home game is very imminent already and um, and has already um, uh, dominated a lot of time in my mind as well. Um, thinking about getting to the... just want to get to the Oval again, but it's certainly going to be a big opponent and a big night. Um, but this week is West Coast first, um, so there will be a re- preview coming up for that later this week. um, um so that will will be happening, um, barring any um, any other unforeseen circumstances. That I had to had to pull the Bombers review preview um, recording time off. But um, yeah, the no, West Coast preview I'm really looking forward to because it's gonna be um, it's it's a big game coming up this week. And um, yeah, everyone uh, hope the fans are all preparing for it. Really excited for all the ones over in um, Perth and Western Australia. They're gonna get to see the see our see our boys. Um, a lot of most I assume most of them for the first time since uh, Easter. You know, a couple of years ago, so really, really fun for the pork group over there, and um, yeah, I'll get into a preview for that. But for now, um, really, really happy with how we're looking. Uh, we're two and zero. We're top of the table. Um, just where we're 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 right at home. The last last year and a half. Um, just it's just where we like to be. Um, it's comfortable. It's um, we've set. We've got we've got our um decor all set up. It's all you know silver teal, black and white. Um, yeah, top of the table's ours. So. Let's keep it rolling this week, but um, yeah, comfortable win against the Bombers and a really good, a really good, another good performance, and we're really starting to get some, get some groove going in this squad. So yeah, let's go, let's get Port, let's get the, let's keep this rolling. Um, bought by fifty-four of the Bombers, great game. <laughs>